I was, I mean, this morning, everything is about coming alive and about our bones living. And, you know, the scripture is clear that we have a choice between life and death. He says, choose today. Do you want to choose blessings or do you want to choose cursings? Do you want to choose life or you want to choose death? And literally what Ann was talking about, just Christ coming, Christ in me, what? The hope of glory. So, I mean, he breathes life into us. He gives us life. We can walk with life. And, you know, if you're struggling with depression or feeling like you're a Linus, you got a Linus cloud over you, all, you know, all your life is like this big cloud thing, man, just run into Jesus and just say, I need life. I just need life. And I think some people have, uh, have a tendency to have just natural more life than others because of things that uh, people have been through. But I just think we can all give life everywhere we go. We can actually give life to people that we come in contact with, especially during this season. It's the perfect time to, to be alive. I think people are more receptive. They're, they're more uh, able to hear. And they're actually struggling. Some of them are struggling with the holiday, and some of them are struggling with all the pressures of the holiday. I mean, we experience it with our blended family that's got everybody under the sun we're trying to make happy and it's impossible to make make them all happy we're not totally happy when it's over with we just get through it and we say hallelujah it's january and there's no holidays <laughs> february there's only valentine's hey continue your stuff just a little bit i feel like i'm not content february there's only one holiday and that's about us and we just can kind of move on march the wind's blowing and hallelujah you know so it's just a struggle, and it's a struggle for families. And so I think it's important that we remember that, that we have the opportunity to help people, to smile at them, to just let the life of Christ shine through us, to encourage them and love them and bless them and let them see, wow, Jesus is really alive. And it's his birthday, and I think he just loves to get down on it and let people know it's the most giving month of the year. Uh, most charities... Most, even a lot of businesses, they don't even survive if it's not for December. If it's not for Christ's birth, they don't survive. They make their money this month that they live on all year or they catch up so that they can survive for another year. So anyway, my thought this morning is about, uh, what's John 3.16? And it's about giving. And the, the verse John 3.16, of course, says, For God so loved the world that he gave. And I want to emphasize that he gave. God gave. And God's a giver. And, he, of course, we know the verse, he gave his only son, Jesus, just like Ann talked about this morning, to come to this earth and to, to live a sinless life, bear our sins, and then take those sins as a perfect sacrifice to the cross, which is what he did. Uh, I was watching this, uh, it was a little clip, uh, Tim Tebow was being uh, interviewed. He'd had a couple of national, he'd had a couple of championship, uh, NFL championship games, and he'd won, won a couple of them, and one of them, uh, he actually had, uh, you know, put in over his eyebrows 316. And, uh, you know, they put stuff over there to block the sun or whatever. But he put that in 316. And the cameras, he didn't tell anybody or say anything about it. But the cameras caught it. And when they zoomed in on it and to show the 316, I, believe, I honestly believe that's why he's so hated. is because he's such a, you know, he, when he would make a touchdown, he would, he's a history maker. He would stand up. Or he would kneel down and point toward heaven and give the glory to God. He was unashamed. And uh, I just find it comical today that anybody that's rebellious, they get, they're like man of the year almost. You know, they get on the headlines and they make Time Magazine. And 
Here's Tim Tebow doing the very same thing, just standing for, or kneeling for what he believed in, giving God the glory. Well, that day that he wore that uh, 316 eyeshadow, 94 million people looked up to see what it was. What does 316 mean? Who knows how many people he touched, how many people the seed of the word of God that the word says never returns void. How many people read John 3.16 on that one playoff game that he played? How many? And then, of course, the story goes on. You can see it on my Facebook account. He, 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 one year later, he has another playoff game, and constantly in the playoff game, there's the numbers 316, 31, so 31.6 yards for this. And I don't know. I can't remember it all. Maybe, Harvey, you remember any of them. I, 316 yards. 316 is all through the game on his neck. Now, he didn't have it on the eyebrows a year later. But during that game, if you look at the stats, it's 316, 3.16 or 316 or 31.6. It's all through it in the stats. Tell me God is not incredible and all about the numbers. <laughs> I mean, he just, perfection. I mean, he is, you know, for years we watched games, my, me and my dad watching Sunday afternoon, watching games, and, and almost without exception, there was always someone in the end zone that every time they kicked a field goal, every time they scored, they were holding a big sign said John 3.16. Anybody remember seeing that for years and years? I found out later there was a guy, uh, a wealthy guy that bought tickets to all the games and gave the tickets to the people and said, all you got to do, you can go watch the game, it's free, I'll pay your expense to get in, but all you got to do is when the, when the camera Pans the end zone because of the field goal or the touchdown. Hold up the sign, John 3.16. But I have a feeling that Tim Tebow in one day touched more people than that man touched in all those games. I just have a feeling that's what happened. So I'm talking about God. I mean, you know, this whole John 3.16 is the most widely known verse in the Bible. More people know this verse. If they don't know anything about Jesus or the Bible or Christianity, they know about John 3.16 if they know anything at all. It's the most widely known verse of the Bible. And, the, and I think one reason is because that I think God's anointing has been on it to be known because it's the gospel in a nutshell. It's, it's the gospel in the simplest form. For God so loved the world he gave, his son, Jesus, to die. And if we believe in him, we'll not perish, but we'll have everlasting life. It's the gospel right there. You just can get that one verse. If you could only get that one verse... There's the ingredients for you to believe in Jesus and be saved. Uh, you know, the Bible's saying whoever just calls on the name of the Lord can be saved. I mean, it's, I think it's easy to get saved. I think it's easy to cry out to Jesus. And I think his, he comes in like a flood like we were talking about a while ago. He comes in. He's, he's hovering, waiting to come in. He's looking for an opportunity to come in. And that day, that incredible day that uh, 94 million people are getting on the internet, looking up, what in the world is John, what is what has he got 316 up there for? And they're finding, well, that's John 316. That's not uh, Austin 316, you know, the wrestler. I thought, what a, you know, the wrestler put that Austin 316 thing. I think, what are you doing? You're, you're crazy. You might get struck by lightning. You might die in a plane crash. What do you think you're doing? It ain't Austin 316. It's John 316. It's about Jesus. It's not about you. I, I couldn't believe that he did that for so long. But what I want to focus on this morning for a few minutes is that because God gave, because Jesus gave himself, we're called to be givers. 
That's our, it should be the nature of God inside of us that we would give. And I, I know in my own walk, that's a struggle at times. Some areas, I mean, you know, there, we were going to the movie the other day and there was a man pushing his, uh, you know, wife across there in a little cart. She had like one knee up and she was riding and he was trying to get her across because it was really cold that day. And wow, I run to open that door. I'll help them. I'll give any way I can. There are some things it's really easy to give. And then other things, I'm just obliviously walking by and not even paying attention. And I have opportunity to give. And I don't even see it. So I think it's, it's just like sanctification. Part of God's nature coming inside of us, bringing that to maturity, is in the end where Paul said, God, I want to know you. I want to know you in the power of your resurrection. And I want to know you in the fellowship of your suffering. And wow, that's not an easy verse to talk about. I mean, who wants to say it? Jesus, I just want to know you, so would you let me suffer some? Could I just suffer? And, you think, and then all the things go in your mind, like, what is that going to look like? Is it cancer, or am I going to be in a car wreck, and, you know, whatever. Okay, it's hard for us to get that words out, Lord, I want to suffer. We, we don't want to say it. But Paul's talking about something where he said, I just really want to, I want to know all about you, Jesus. I think that was more of an infatuation. It was more than just, uh, you know, I'm going to be a disciple. He was passionate about this is the most important thing in my life, that I know who you are, Jesus, and that I live the walk you walked. I want to live that walk, and I want to have the thoughts you had when you were here, and I want to have the same passion you had, and I want to have the same giving nature, and when suffering comes my way, I want to face it and embrace it just like you did. I think that's what Paul is saying. So, again, as being disciples of Christ, I think, I think becoming like the Father we should have, it should be evidence in our life of God's nature inside of us that we give, that we want to give. And there's some, I just, you know, put down a few examples in John chapter 10, verse 17. It says, the Father, this is Jesus talking, he says, the Father loves me because I sacrificed my life, so I may take it up, back up again. No one can take my life from me. I gave it. I sacrificed it voluntarily. Jesus is saying, even though the Father asked me to do it, even commanded me to do it. Jesus had a choice, just like we have a choice. And it says, he said, I, I've, I've, I uh, sacrificed, I gave it voluntarily. For I have the authority to lay it down when I, when I want to, and I have authority to take it back up, for this is what my Father has commanded. Okay, just because we know the commandments of our parents, we didn't always obey them. And just because we know the commandments of our Father God right now, sometimes we make a choice not to obey, go the other way. So what Jesus is saying here is, I have this, God's given me, I'm a, I have authority to make this decision. I don't have to do it. You know, even on the cross, he said, I could call legions of angels and they'd just come and get me. And his father would be okay with it. That's his choice. He had a choice. And we're created in his image. We have a choice. We don't have to be givers if we don't want to. We can be stingy. We can build bigger barns. And we can say, you know, I'm going to build some bigger barns. I'm going to build because i got more stuff I want to store. And one day I'm going to use it. And we can be stingy if we want to. God's not going to tell us. You know, he's going to prompt our hearts, but he's not going to force us to be givers. He's not going to force us to take on his nature. But I believe that what we were singing about this morning, breathe life into me. Breathe life into these dead places in me. These places in me that are stingy. These places in me that don't even recognize. They're, I don't even know they're dead. I don't even know that they're not alive in me. I'm asking you to breathe in me, breath of God. Just like he breathed in Adam and Eve. He breathed in them and brought them to life. We need a continual revelation of his breath coming inside of us. 
and awakening dry places so that I'll be a life breather. So that in my giving, in my, as I reach out, as I pray, as I recognize injustice, as I recognize, wow, this is wrong, and I, and I begin to pray, I, in, I invade that thing with the Spirit of God. You know, I was thinking about while we were singing about the warrior and the fire in his eyes. And, you know, there's times, there's been times in my life that I came out of a, a season of prayer and I had fire in my eyes and I had a message I wanted to share. And I just knew, man, this is a, this is a word from God. It's a rhema word. It's a today word. It's an alive word. And it's going to change lives today. And I believe all of us can have that. We can have the passion of God as we enter the work day or as we enter the time in, that we're living and we can go, you know what, I'm going to have the fire of God in my eyes. I'm going to be looking for opportunity to be a supernatural man or woman of God on this earth. And through just a word that I would speak, you know how people say, well, you know, they, you shouldn't be sticking your nose in other people's business. I believe it's our job to intervene and be watchmen on the wall and and invest ourselves and, and get into involved sometimes in situations again as the Holy Spirit leads us we need to be prepared to get in there it's a, it's a war it's a battle and we don't need to be afraid to engage when we recognize man this is this is a war that's going on and I've got something to give I've got something alive in me that I can give and make a difference in Isaiah 53 you know we know this passage and we're going to have communion here in just a few minutes it says surely he took up our pain he bore our suffering, uh, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced. Remember everything I've said. He did this willingly. He did this all willingly. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. Any part of that, he could have said, I don't want, I don't want the whipping. I don't want it. I don't, want them to, I don't want the crown of thorns. It's too hard. I just I don't want it. I don't, I, don't want the, I don't want the sword in my side. You know, any part of it, he could have said, I don't want it. But yet he willingly took every part because he said every part of this is important. I want my people to have peace. I want, my, I want them to have crowns of righteousness. I want them to be able to get healed in their sicknesses. And I want them to be able to be delivered from their bondages and their sins. Every part. He's just a giver. He's laying his life down. Little by little, ebbing it out, just giving it. Every drop was precious of his blood that was shared, shed. And in Matthew 26, when he's talking about communion, he's saying, He took the bread, he spoke a blessing, he broke it, and he gave it. He said, I'm giving you this bread. I'm giving you this representation of me of me laying down my life and he says as often as you eat this bread and then he gave them the cup as often as you drink this cup I want you to remember me what he was actually saying is often as you remember me I'm going to breathe more life into you it's like you're eating me it's like you're drinking you're drinking me you're drinking my life you're drinking the spirit that's upon me you're spit you're drink you're taking in this life-giving Nature, you know, we read in Revelation about the river that flows through there, and it says people come and they eat the fruit of the trees there, and it's for the, they get healed when they eat it. Well, when I partake of this word, when I partake of His presence, you know, I can come in here and I can slip a hand up occasionally and pretend, and nobody will really know if I'm even here or if I'm my, a million miles away. You know, you can just do the motions. You go through the motions. You know, we have these call-in meetings all the time, and they can't see me. 
They don't know if I'm listening. I got it on mute. They can't hear me. I could be reading a book. I could be looking at some stock charts. There have been many times I'd be working on quotes, getting them submitted while they're talking and talking and talking. I haven't, you know, unless I hear my name, I don't even zoom in. I hear my name, I go, oh, shoot, what are they talking about? That's terrible, but, you know, some of those meetings, they just didn't apply to me much. Here we are. We can do the very same thing in our, with our walk with God. We can just take the good stuff. We can just take the good stuff and, and not really engage, just, you know, just be saved enough to get to heaven. Be saved enough to feel okay about ourselves. Or we can say, you know what, here I have this opportunity. I have this privilege. Why wouldn't I engage? Why wouldn't I go for all I could get? Why couldn't I press in and really fulfill my destiny that he has for me? Why couldn't I take advantage of all these, the piercing, the crushing, the wounds? Why couldn't I take advantage of all that pain that he went through and say, God, I don't want you to do that for nothing. I'm going to take advantage of that. I'm going to have all that. And then in Acts chapter 11, I thought this was interesting. In Acts chapter 11, Peter's given the speech about how that he came to the Gentiles and how, what happened. He said, as I begin to speak, the Holy Spirit came on those Gentiles, those non-Jews, those you're not, you don't belong here, you're not supposed to be here. Holy Spirit came on them as it did come on us at the beginning. Then I remember what the Lord said. John uh, baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And listen to verse 17. So, so God, so God gave it. God gave them the same gift He gave to us. God gave them the same gift He gave to us. God gave them the same gift He gave to us. Because you know what? God is no respecter of persons. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change and has not changed and will not change. And God is a giver. And we need to get it in our spirit that He's a giver. And that He is looking for ways to give to us. And He is liking it when we look for ways to give to others. To let this not be a stagnant pool inside of us, but let it be a true river that's water flowing, the water of the Spirit flowing through me all the time because I'm constantly giving out, giving out, giving out, giving out. And you can do that with your resources. You can do it with your joy. You can do it with your peace. You can do it with your nutritional understanding. You can do it with your music. You can do it with your understanding of the mind. All these things. God, we just can give it out, give it out. And you know what? God is faithful to restock us, to put it back in. Matter of fact, even more so. So that I'm never lacking. I got it. I, I can have it. He, he's looking for ways to give. And he's looking for ways to stretch us so that he can give us more. What does the Bible talk about? You know, enlarging your tents. Take up your tent stakes, enlarge your tents back out, and make up a bigger pole. Let's get a bigger tent. Let's, we got more room. You know, the, the, I talked about that earlier, about the bigger barns. That was wrong. That was in stinginess. He was just trying to keep it all to himself. But, but enlarging our tent is something totally different. It's about, I want to enlarge my tent so that I can have more of what God wants for me because I'm going to give it away. Whole different uh, mentality of thinking. In Revelation chapter 1 verse 1, I thought this was cool. Revelation 1 1. This is a revelation from Jesus Christ which God gave to him to show his servants the events that must soon take place. He sent an angel to present this revelation to his servant John, who faithfully reported everything he saw. This is the report of the word of God, and it's the testimony of Jesus Christ. I never saw that gay word in there. This is the revelation from Jesus which God gave him to show us, his servants, about the stuff that's going to happen later. 
and some of that stuff's scary, and some of that stuff's really cool. So you can do what you want. But I just we're reading Revelation right now in our Bible reading. You know, it says if you read Revelation, it, it says you'll be blessed. It says whoever reads this Revelation. I, we read it through in church one time, one of the churches I was at. I said, let's just read through it. I said, I totally can't teach on it, don't understand it, and what little bit of understanding I have is probably wrong. But let's just read through it because it says, if we do it, we'll be blessed. And so we just read through it. And, you know, we'd say what we thought about it, and then we'd read more. And we'd talk about how scary that'd be, and we'd read more. And we were doing it, declaring, wow, I'm about to be blessed because I'm reading the revelation that God gave Jesus to this earth. He gave it to us. It's revelation of Jesus Christ. I think that's very powerful. And what about 2 Timothy 1.5? You know this passage. It says, I remember the genuine faith. For, uh, I remember your genuine faith, Timothy. For you shared the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. You know, this is our Mother's Day message uh, passage. And I know the same faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you. To fan in two flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. Listen, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity. But he, and I just added this part, he has given us a spirit of power and love and a sound self-disciplined mind. Let this mind be in Jesus, which is in Christ Jesus for those children. Their minds will never wander from the truth. But their minds will always be right on target in the name of Jesus. God help us all that our mind, will, we will have the mind of Christ. Say, Lord, give me the mind of Christ. Let's say it. Lord, give me the mind of Christ. Give me your mind so I'll think as you think. So I'll see as you see. So I'll have passion like you have. I just think that's so powerful. Talking about his grandmother and his mother. That's the spirit that they passed on to him. Some of us may not have that coming from our parents, from our grandparents. But you know what? You can be the start of that. You can be the grandmother. You can start that new generation. You can be the grandmother, Nicole. You're the grand. Well, actually, your mommy is. But anyway, you're the mother. You can be it. And so you can start that generational blessing so that wisdom and favor and understanding flows. I firmly believe, I ask this question periodically throughout my life, and I totally, completely believe that the favor of God that I've enjoyed is because my grandfather prayed and sacrificed and cried out to God for me all my days. And my mom and dad prayed for me and cried out for me. And I, I just believe the favor I enjoy is because of those generational blessings that flow. And, and I know it's my job to continue that. It's my job to grab that baton and my job to pass it on to my children, which I've done, and pray for them and cry out to God for them. My mom tells a story here in my... out his name calling out their names you know they just remember that here and you know my mom says I'd hear my hear my daddy praying God be with Betty and help Betty to serve you and Lord if she's not going to serve you that he'd pray this prayer if he if she's not going to serve you then take her home right now that scared them <laughs> that scared them if they were going to die <laughs> so they got busy <laughs> all, all four of those kids they got busy serving Jesus because my their daddy was saying take them home take them home now because I know they're saved now <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, let me just 
A couple more things about us being givers. This, they're not bothering me, so don't let them bother you guys. Luke 6.37, I think we need to give with purpose. Luke 6.37, do not judge others, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others, or it will all come back against you. Forgive others, and you will be forgiven. Now, here it is. Give, and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make more room, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Listen, okay, I'm limited in what I can give, but I'm not limited when I'm giving in Him. If I'm giving His resources, then I'm not limited anymore. In my mind, I'm going, uh, uh I, don't, I don't have it. You know, how many times have you told some people, they want something like they're ringing the bell or wherever you're at, and you just say, I'm sorry, and just go on. I have people call me, they want you to give to the this or that and that, and you know, you just sometimes you just have to say no. Say, I'm committed. I'm, I'm a giver, but I'm committed. But in Christ, I can recognize I'm not limited by my own resources. I'm not limited in what I can do, what I can give. And so let's give with purpose. Let's, let's give understanding that I don't have to be the source. I'm just a conduit. I'm just a conduit of his more huge gifts that he has. Uh, in John chapter 20, verse 35, it says... You want to be happy? It's more happy if you give than to receive. It's more blessed to give than to receive. It's a happier life if you learn to be a giver. If you can hear what Christ is saying and recognize it, we're supposed to be givers. Then uh, let me finish with this in Matthew 25. This is uh, you guys know this parable about. Then the king will say to those on his right, "Come, you who are blessed by my father." Remember, he separated the right. Put the goats on the left, put the righteous on the right, uh, his sheep. He said, those on his right, he said, come, you who are blessed by my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you before the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you gave me a place to stay. I was naked, and you gave me some clothing. I was sick, and you gave me medicine. You gave me prayer. I was in prison, and you gave me a visit. Givers, you know, this is right there. He's just saying, as we do it to the least of these, as we do it to people who can never, they can't return anything to us. We'll maybe never see them again. We give it, but when we do, he says, I I'm paying attention. Matter of fact, I believe God takes the notes. He's like Harvey over there with a the notebook, only he, he's quicker. He does it for the whole world at one time. He takes the notes and he writes it down. He gave, he gave, she gave. He gave that food. He took over that casserole. Went by and visited. I see that visit. I see that visit. You know, there was a guy in prison one year. I was in French Port and I, he was in prison two and a half hours away. And once a month, I'd drive over five hours in one day and spend, I could only spend 30 minutes there. It took one day every month I would spend driving over there to see him and come back. And did that for two years. Okay, I just felt like I was supposed to do it. Did he appreciate it? Yeah, I think he appreciated it. You know, But it was a, it's a sacrifice. And sometimes we just have to make up our minds. This is what God has called me to do. This is what he wants me to give. So I'm just going to do it. I'm going to trust God with it. Anyway, I just want to encourage you to look at giving in a different way. Don't look at it like, here's what I'm good at giving. And I'm not good at giving this other. I'm not good at giving people food or whatever. Because we don't even know what we're good at. Anna says this about me all the time, and I believe her. I don't even know. 
I don't even know who I am at times. I'm in a, I'm in a time warp of being raised a certain way and walking a certain way, and, but I don't even know really who God's called me to be. I'm probably yet to scratch the surface of his designs over my life. That's why I think what we were singing this morning was so critical. Breathe life into me. Breathe your life. I mean, blow out the cobwebs and all the darkness and all the old stuff and religion and just crap in our lives that have built up. And, you know, just take us out like a V8 motor and floor me and just take me out there and blow all the soot out of me. And then put something good in there. Put something alive in there. In me, something that part of you in there. So that I'll be who you called me to be. And I will fulfill my destiny. That's how we know we can. We can in our own strength. We don't even know what our destiny is. But he knows. I mean, we see little hints of it and shades of it, but we really don't even know yet. Because I think it's so cloudy out there, seeing through the glass darkly. But yet he knows exactly what he wants to do. And let me just say this. He's also a restorer. He's a restorer of the breach. He's a restorer of your time. God can restore when you're ready to be restored. He can do it. He can turn it around in a minute. You can get a phone call. Next thing you know, your whole world's changed. One phone call. We always think that's bad. But we could get a phone call, and it'd be the greatest phone call we've ever had. Everything just changed. God can do that in a minute. Don't think he can't. He can do anything he wants. And he is a giver. He's an over-the-top, abundance giver. And he's looking for ways to give to you. He's looking for ways for us to be obedient and put 316 over our eyebrows and have 54 million people to be witness to that day. The seed of the word of God went out. He's looking for things like that. Who knows what God could do through each of us. So let's don't be afraid. Let's don't be timid. I have a tendency to be timid. I have a tendency to stand back. Let somebody else take the lead. I'll be a good helper. That's my thing. I'll help you. But sometimes God calls us to stand up and move forward and be the leader, even though we're not comfortable. But if we've got fire in our eyes, if we've heard from heaven, and we've got a word and we've got a message, it's a lot easier to take that step and say, this is my destiny. I'm going to do it. I'm going to step out. I'm not going to be afraid. Because God gave me what? Spirit of power. He's given me a spirit of love. He's given me a spirit of a sound mind. Did you have a story? I asked you if you wanted to share something. You didn't think of it anymore. Okay. All right. We're going to uh, take a minute and we're just going to do. We're going to partake of what God gave us. And so he says, often as you drink this cup and eat this cracker, this bread, he says, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. And so what I, we're going to do it differently today. I want you to make a line here and you get with your spouse, you know, and just make a line. Come on, everybody. It don't matter if you don't have a spouse. Come by yourself. But if you have a spouse, get with your spouse. Just make a line right here. Come here, Bonnie. You be first. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm just going to pray a blessing, and then I want you to partake individually right here. Jesus, Lord, I just bless Bonnie, and I just bless her with the blood of Jesus and the broken body of Christ. And you just take it right then. Just take it and believe. Say, God, I'm believing you for my healing, for my wholeness. Restore me in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I remember you. Let me step out of the way. And thank you, Jesus.
Father, I just bless Mark right now. I bless him, Lord, with your body. You can just take it whenever you're ready. You don't have to wait for me. I bless him, Lord, with your body. I bless him with your blood that covers him and washes him. Lord, I pray you'd restore him and strengthen him in the name of Jesus. We remember you, Jesus. Harvey and Gwen, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for their lives. Lord, I just pray your blessing over them. I pray, God, that wholeness would come into their bodies, into their spirits. They'd fulfill the destiny that you have for them, Jesus. We remember you, Lord, as we drink this cup, as we, we remember the blood that you shed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. It's healing to us. It's healing to us. You're breathing life to us today. Believe God when you come up that you're getting life breathed into you, that a new flow is coming inside of you today. In the name of Jesus over Kathy, God. Lord Jesus, breathe life into her today. Life, Lord Jesus, life abundantly, above what she could ask or think, God. Life, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All my fountains, that's what I heard, Kathy, all my fountains are in you. You're saying all my fountains are in you, Jesus. He's giving you new fountains, new flow. Lord, for Mr. Bill today, God, I just pray life's coming into Mr. Bill today. Life, Jesus. Not death, not, not elderly, not, not age, but life. God, give life to his bones, Jesus. That instead of growing weary, he'd get stronger. He'd get stronger and have more life in him, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for giving us life today. Life, Jesus. Life. 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 Thank you, Lord, for Ann. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just pray blessing over Ann today. Blessing over her, Jesus, as she drinks this cup and as she... As she remembers you, Jesus, remembers the life that you laid down. God, you would just give her life, Jesus. As she eats this bread, God, give her life. Breathe life into her, Jesus. Lord, take her places she never realized she'd ever go, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. For David today, Jesus, I just speak life into him, Father. Open up his, open up his eyes. Open up his ears, Father, for all that you have for him. Lord Jesus, show him that you've got great things, great things. You're a great God. You want to give him great things. Go ahead. Just let breathe life into him right now, Jesus. Life, Lord Jesus. Life in you through your body, through your blood, Jesus. For Jim and Janie, God, Lord, I just thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Those you just eat that, Jesus. As they're eating it right now, I pray they're eating, eating something that's making them alive, God. More alive, more alive. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we remember your blood. We remember, Jesus, what you did for us on the cross. We remember you, Jesus. We remember you. We remember you. This do in remembrance of him. We remember you, Jesus. We just breathe life. We breathe life. We breathe life. Come, Nicole. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I just speak life in Nicole. Lord, there's generational blessings that are flowing through her. To her children and to her grandchildren, God. That new fountains are flowing into her bloodline, Lord, from her mother and from her. God, new fountains, fountains of Christ that's flowing into her kids and her children. And this, this generational curse that's been there about the mind, again, I, the third time today, I break that in Jesus' name. And I said, let this mind be in Christ, which is in Christ Jesus for these children. And these grandchildren will not have those same afflictions. They won't have it. And Father, I speak to her son right now. And I call every demon out of him. And I command his mind to line up with the word of God right now. And you be in the reality of this day. And stop wandering around out there somewhere else. God, heal his mind in Jesus' name. Heal him. Heal him in Jesus' name. And heal his father. Heal his father. Lord, heal both of those men. We cry out. We get involved in that. And we just speak healing over them. 
In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, life. You can take it. You can take it with you and dunk it. Come here, Lisa. In the name of Jesus. Name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you for Lisa. Lord Jesus, we just speak life into Lisa this morning. The blood of Jesus, the body of Christ right now in Jesus' name. Lord, give her life. Give her life, Jesus. Give her life. Give her life. His mercies are new every morning for you. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for your blood. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, we love you today. Come on, let's take a second. We love you, Jesus. We just open up our hearts today that you could speak to us, that you could just show us things that's in the way, clutter. Lord, just open up our eyes right now to our lives. Help us to take steps toward you, steps in the right direction. Lead us. You said, my sheep know my voice, and the voice of another they won't follow. Help us, Jesus, just to tune in on your voice this morning. I want you to listen to what Holy Spirit might say to you, but the voice of God might say to you today. It might be a step he wants you to take. Just pay attention, and whatever that step is, don't forget it, because it's a key. It's a key to heading in a different direction. Just listen for a minute. Jesus. Mm. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For all of us, this communion, sharing in love. This is the body, and this is the blood. Sing it again. This is the body. This is the body, and this is the blood. Broken and poured out for all of us. And in this communion, we share in your love. This is the body, and this is the blood. Thank you, Jesus. And this is the blood. This is the body. And this is the blood.